So, Tim, what did you think about the episode? There was like hundreds of comments. I felt like I was a celebrity for one day. You know, I'm actually very pleased with the response. First of all, thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you for the comments. I saw Emilio on Twitter. She said, love the new podcast. Listen to it three times already. Three times. Jürgen also said, love to listen to you guys. I'm standing here at my job thinking about trading all of the time. Well, Jürgen, I hope your boss isn't listening as well. And then he says, I will not fail, which is which is wonderful to hear. We did have a few comments kind of asking about this specific ticker or that specific ticker. Keep in mind, neither Steve and I are registered uh, certified financial planners. We are traders, but we are not licensed to give recommendations based on specific trades or managing your money. We will break down our own trades. We will talk about potential trades as well as setups from the past. But yeah, you know, the age old adage, teach a man to fish. We're not, we're not going to hand you fish at, at any point in this podcast, but our goal is to kind of teach all of you ideally to know how to fish. What can people expect for the rest of the show? In episode one, we went over the difference between day trading and investing. In this episode, we're going to go over why targeting specifically low price stocks, aka penny stocks. In the next episode, in episode three, we're going to go over how to find the best stocks how to go from 16,000 stocks and get that down to a manageable number that you can feasibly trade each day. In episode four, we go over catalysts, why do stocks move and how to find those reasons. Then episode five is how to actually kind of build a trade plan. A trade without a plan isn't a trade. It's just gambling. Episode six, last of this season, we're going to break down execution, execution, execution. That's how we'll kind of wrap up everything together in, in episode six. What is not just ordinary, but extraordinary about this podcast is it's not just going to be me and you, Tim. It's, there's going to be some other voices. And, and if you listen to this right now, it could be you. It could be your voice. And I'm not talking to you, Tim. I'm talking to the people. If people want to submit a question, jump onto the website, the steadytrade.com website. They're going to ask a question. Or if they feel like having a few minutes of steady trade fame, they can close out the show. All they need to do is read a specific couple of sentences uh, to close out the show. And they will hear their voice uh, on the podcast. So yeah, hit the webpage, steadytrade.com, and you'll see a widget there where you can submit your audio. This is season one, episode two of the Steady Trade Podcast. Today, we are talking about our very successful friend, Tim Sykes, and his 2015 interview with Larry King. And we're still giving away a TV and a laptop computer and a bunch of other stuff. If you want to know what it means to be a successful day trader, you won't want to miss this episode. I was 19 years old, and I was in love. And the world was good. Until she broke up with me. And it wasn't. Loser. 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 Do you remember that clever guy? Uh, the one with the weird voice. In the wheelchair. I hope you are not talking about me. No, no offense, but you described black holes, remember? How could I possibly forget? You said that black holes are this major empty void out there all alone in space. An empty void which is somehow filled with dark matter. What is your point? Well... That was me. 
I was an empty mess, and I was filled with dark matter, and life had kind of lost all meaning. Buck up, little camper. But then one day, my heart started beating again, and I could feel it. It was exciting to me. Don't judge, but it all started surfing the TV. It's a four, and there you have it. Joseph Hashem stands alone. Thank you, Some nobody Australian guy, Joe Hashem, became a multi-millionaire by No Limit Texas Hold'em. I would watch him size up his opponents and go all in. And sometimes he pulled it off, and sometimes he would crash and burn. But it was just exciting to watch, and I just thought, this looks fun. Maybe I want to be the next Joe Hashem, and maybe I should give it a go. And so I did, and I lost. A lot at first. But then I started figuring it out, and then I started winning. But the entire time, I had that feeling... Like, my God, it's such an indescribable feeling. It's, it's that smug confidence of learning your opponent's tells and watching them and studying them and memorizing the odds of every single hand and every hand's probability and learning basically how to hold them and, and how to fold them. Learning how to walk away and, yeah, you get the idea. So... Basically, I took a chance and I quit my shitty 9-5 job and I flew to Australia. $16,000 to my name. Most of it made through poker. And I was ready. I was ready to strike it big as a 21-year-old kid in Australia. And did you know that in poker, only 1-2% to of poker players ever strike it big? Well, turns out... I was not one of those top 1-2%. to 2%. It, it didn't work out. And spoiler alert, I did not become the next Joe Hashem. The truth is there were too many good players. There was too many people out there to get me. There was card shocks. Every table. Too many things out of my control. But the one thing that I will never forget is... Is that feeling that that rush, that that beating of the heart, that adrenaline, uh, that feeling will never leave me. So let's fast forward to today. I've traded my one-time passion for poker into a new and burning passion for day trading. It's a passion for trading penny stocks. And don't judge, but it all started surfing through YouTube. My name is Tim Sykes, and I teach people to trade stocks. I am a self-made multimillionaire, and I am the number one... I saw a video about some nobody American guy named Tim Sykes, and he turned a couple of thousand dollars into millions by trading penny stocks. As I watched him being interviewed by Larry King, he said his biggest goal in life was not to make more money for himself, but to teach others how to become millionaires like him. And I just thought... That looks fun, and I want to be the next Tim Sykes, and maybe I should give it a go. And I have, and I've documented each day of my 13-month journey on YouTube, and you can watch it if you want to. Did you know that in day trading, only the top 10 to 20% of traders actually even make it big? Like, it takes a lot of work. I mean, you have to learn the trading patterns from the stocks you want to trade. You have to learn how to short sell so that you can even profit when stocks depreciate and lose value. 
You have to learn how to identify the right stocks to go after to predict the movement, how to create a solid trading plan, and how to stick to it. And guess what? What? There's something strangely familiar about studying the market, betting on a stock, pushing in, and seeing it all pay off. <laughs> it's that feeling. There's, there's nothing quite like it, and it makes the long learning curve totally worth it. And spoiler alert, I have not become Tim Sykes just yet, but I'm on the right path. And this whole day trading thing is slowly becoming second nature in year two. And it's going to happen. I can feel that it already is happening. And I'm here on this podcast to bring you on this journey with me so you can watch me succeed or you can see me crash and burn. But either way, my God, that feeling, feeling. This is the Steady Trade Podcast with wise, experienced veteran Tim Bowen and rookie in desperate need of a girlfriend, Stephen Johnson. Take it away, guys. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. I'm Tim Bowen, and today we're going to review a 2015 interview between our successful friend Tim Sykes and the legendary Larry King. But before we do that, I want to remind you about the Steady Trade Season 1 Mega Giveaway Contest and the Greedy Little Bastard Grand Prize. Go to our website, register, and fill out a brief survey for each episode. Each survey is one entry into our contest. You have a chance to do this five times before we select our winners. And what could you win? How about a 55-inch Samsung 4K Ultra HD TV? Or a Dell Inspiron laptop? An Oculus Rift virtual reality gaming? An Apple Watch? Or a pair of Bose Soundport wireless headphones? Or maybe a giant box of Tic Tacs? And I'm not kidding. This thing is huge. Or the grand prize greedy little bastard package. You could win one of all these plus a one-year subscription to Stocks to Trade Pro. This is real. So don't miss out on your opportunity to win one of these incredible prizes just for listening to our podcast. Check out the website for details. And now, let me tell you how I first met Tim Sykes, and then we'll talk about his interview with Larry King. So ironically, the uh, you know I, I read a lot of books. I'm, I'm a very avid reader. Usually, read yeah. You know, I like to I like to get one or two books in a week. You know, I've gotten more and more interested in day trading and short selling. Kind of in like 2006, 2007. In my Amazon recommended feed comes up this book called An American Hedge Fund. I kind of read the description and it was about this young guy who made a lot of money making his own hedge fund, predominantly short selling. So I never heard of Tim Sykes, never knew who he was. Ordered the book, read it, really liked it. Very interesting story. Tim has a, you know, especially his origin story is very unique of, of, of his journey of how he got started in the 90s injured both his elbows and could basically all he could do is sit at a computer so he got into day trading this was back when when tim was a you know just wasn't wasn't the kind of explosive social media star he is now and i just sent him an email and said hey you know tell me a little bit more about what you do so on and so forth he you know we started kind of a conversation this was before he even had any sort of subscription service and, you know, just every now and then, maybe once every five months, we'd have an email. And then he started a, a subscription service. So I signed up right away. Back then, I think it was, you know, 
30 $40 a month and started following what he was doing, learning from him. And that is really what got me educated on how to short sell and really kind of cemented me into the point where I, it, it all clicked. That $20 book and, and kind of meeting Tim is, is what made day trading and particularly short selling click for me. My guest is Timothy Sykes, the multimillionaire stock trader and entrepreneur. Timothy invested his $12,000 bar mitzvah money, which is about $11,500 more than I got, in penny stocks, making his first million in his college dorm. In addition to coaching students online and in seminars, his high roller lifestyle on social media has attracted hundreds of thousands of followers. Less than a year ago, he kicked off his nonprofit, the Timothy Sykes Foundation, which aims to raise more than $2 million in 2015 for what? Everything to help people, you know, change their lives. Just like my life has been changed. Like I give you $5 or $10 or $100, where does that go to? Well, we partner with other charities so far. Uh, we've done Make-A-Wish uh, Foundation. Uh, this child, his name was Ewan, could not communicate with his parents. He was born uh, with some, you know, unfortunate circumstances. We donated, or I donated $20,000 uh, to a device so that he could talk and flew down to Miami, met with him and his mom, and through this device, you know, he said, hello, mother. And it was a beautiful Good. moment. And Tell me about your upbringing. You know, I'm from a small town, Orange, Connecticut. Uh, we weren't rich. We weren't poor. It was just kind of middle class. Did you have early business instincts? Yeah. I mean, I was a tennis player. I, I really wanted to go pro, um, but I actually got injured. I had surgery on my arm, and that's what led me to get into stock trading. Uh, my dad calls it the million dollar injury. <laughs> Why stocks? You could have done anything, right? You could have been lawyer, doctor, anything. This was uh, 1999. The stock market was going crazy. My parents, in their wisdom, gave me control of the bar mitzvah gift money. They thought I would lose it all. They thought it would be a good lesson to me, like tough love, you know, let the kid learn the value of a dollar. Uh, and instead, by the end of senior year of high school, I turned into over 100,000. And then by the end of freshman year, I was at nearly a million. So this You're was a lot this of- in high school. Senior year of high school. I was already into college early because of tennis, but I had the injury, so I couldn't play tennis. You've been called perhaps the most famous penny stock trader in the country. First, what is a penny stock? So these are low price stocks, stocks trading under $5 a share. Um, a lot of very sketchy companies, uh, a lot of just very developmental companies. They might have one or two products. So not Give Microsoft. Give an example of a penny stock. Uh, Liquid Metal. They have this new age plastic technology that they signed a deal with Apple. And we're still waiting three years after the agreement to see what Apple is using with this new age plastic. So it's a 20 cent or 15 cent a share stock. So ironically, you know, and, th and that's the beauty of penny stocks is, you know, this interview is a couple years old. And even at that point, a couple years ago, he said, we're still waiting for what LQMT is the ticker, L Liquid Metal is the, is the company name. So two years ago in this interview, he said, we're still waiting. And now in 2017, we're still waiting. And every now and then, and that's what actually one of the beauties of penny stocks is there will be a press release or there will be an announcement and LQMT will come basically what, what we call come back into play. Um, Still, up to this point now, geez, five or six years later, LQMT still has to re yet to release any concrete news about a deal with Apple, but the rumor is still out there. And that's the beauty of these low price stocks is all it takes is a rumor associated with a company like Apple, and you can get a big move out of the stock. Yeah. The, the other thing that I thought was interesting is Tim talks about stocks between $1 and $5, but... 
I think what, one of the first things that I realized is sometimes nowadays it's kind of $6, $7, $8, $9. Was it always under $5 or is, it, is this just Tim's sweet spot, do you think? Well, in the traditional world of, of like stocks, penny stocks is less than five, okay? Um, yeah, like find, like yeah. if you went to if you went to like uh, Morgan Stanley, okay, I was, you know, or, or, yeah. or some brokerage firm, and if you asked some you know mainstream stockbroker what's a penny stock, he yeah. would say less than five bucks is what yeah, he okay. would say. Cool. And like they won't talk about less than five. It's like it's almost like taboo yeah. to the to the to yeah. the big guys. Um, but yeah, five, yeah. less than $5 is always what's been considered a penny stock. Why didn't you trade uh, Minnesota Mining? Why didn't you trade American Airlines? Why penny stocks? So I actually did try, but my account wasn't going anywhere. I was at the time trading Netscape and Yahoo, which were two of the biggest companies. Um, and my account would go from like 12100 to 11900 So I g- gravitated towards these lower price stocks, which you know no one's talking about on CNBC, but they're very volatile. And my account grew very quickly. So what Tim said there is, remember, again, back to kind of my, I keep calling it an origin story, like it's a Marvel comic book, but remember my story. I did exactly what he did. Remember what he said. He was like, he started out with his $11,100, whatever he had in his bar mitzvah money. He'd go up a couple hundred, he'd go down a couple hundred, because he was trading real companies, which was exactly what I was trying to do for 10, 20 years, and I, I said the exact same thing. My story was I'd get to the end of the year, and if, it, if I was like break even, I was like, wow, awesome, break even. Then I found Tim, found out about these $1 stocks because just like he said, they didn't talk about them on CNBC. They didn't talk about them in Fortune magazine. For all intents and purposes to me, they didn't even exist until I found out about him, then just like he did, I was like, wow, now I can make real gains in a short period of time. And, you know, now I'm not happy with break even or 2% in a year. Yeah. And that's the benefit, I guess, of the steady trade podcast. That's the benefit of just YouTube and the internet in this age. Like I never, my generation never uh, made that mistake, which might have cost other people a year or two years' time, uh, because I was immediately aware of it. Because the, there's knowledge out there about it now, and it's accessible. That again, great comment. Because back back to when I talk about like, um, you know, we we talked about how jealous I was about how much the software and the tools are better now. But yeah. same thing. I mean, again, I didn't have. The internet, you know, uh, well, I did, but it was obviously you know, Stone Age internet. Yeah. So now, if you're a young guy like Steven Johnson and you're curious about, if you Google how to make money in stocks, the first thing you're going to find is a bunch of stuff on penny stocks. I didn't have that. I didn't even know they existed. Where do you look them up? I always look at the biggest percent gainers every single day, whatever stock is hot. Uh, the way that I found Liquid Metal, they had a deal with Apple. It was announced in an SEC filing, and the message board started talking about it. So there's like a group of traders that get these you know, small companies riled up. Where do I look up penny stocks? I don't see it in the Wall Street Journal. Just biggest percent gainers. Every financial website has it. Um, they're just not talked about on the, the major media, which is why I think there's an opportunity there. So what Tim said there is is exactly 
what I talk about in Stocks to Trade Pro every day. It's exactly the type of, of approach Stephen is taking is keep it simple, okay? If you're looking, there's all these scans, there's all these methodologies out there, but if you're looking to find the best stocks of each day, exactly what Tim Sykes said. He's been doing the same yeah. thing for 25 years. He shows up every day, every night. He looks for the top percent gainers. He looks for a story. Remember, we talked about that. We, we love these low float stocks that are up big on the day, and they have a story. And that's exactly what Tim t- touched on right there and what he's been talking about or what he's been doing for 25 years. Yeah, and then it, it either sets up or it doesn't set up. But if it sets up, then you can take the trade, and that's it. What's the secret of trading them? Uh, not believing a word that they say and you know, understanding that most of them will fail. But at the same time, understanding that momentum can push them up dramatically for a few hours or days. Didn't the Wolf of Wall Street do that? Well, you know, he was actually the one pumping and, and dumping. I'm just trying to piggyback moves that are already existing. I'm trying to predict based on patterns and historical price action. I'm not a broker. I'm not a financial advisor. I just try and show what patterns are working. Do they have a shady impression? Yeah, I mean, most people lose money on, on trading in penny stocks, so there's a very negative, uh, you know, stigma attached to them. But if you actually look at why they're moving, you know, a lot of these penny stocks drop 50% in a day because of companies like the Wolf of Wall Street. They're promoting them. When they stop promoting them, they fall out of bed. But most people don't see that. They just see the stock drop, no news, and they're like, oh, penny stocks, are they're random. If you actually look at the promotions, you can see when the promotional mailers or the telemarketing phone calls stop. So it's very logical and predictable. People just aren't looking at the right thing. Most people want to look at revenues, profits, earnings per share. Those indicators don't matter with penny stocks. So part of back back what, what Stephen and I have talked about, about finding stocks, is exactly, again, what Sykes touched on there. You know, we're not, you know, we're not looking at financials unless, well, actually, sometimes we look at financials if we're looking to short sell these stocks. But when you're talking about buying these stocks on the, on the front side of the move, when they're really running – you know, we don't read financial statements. We don't read SEC filings. We just want to see a story and a price movement, just like EKSO. It was a Friday afternoon. It was a low float stock. They had a promotional rate mailer based around a, a robotic exoskeleton, and that stock moved huge. Now, it failed a few day, days later, and it has failed every day since, or every time since, but... That doesn't mean that with us you can't profit from those types of setups. A story and a big move. Yeah, and there's two things that I would say on that as well. I mean, the first thing is that, I mean, it, it is literally, it, on the surface, it's extremely simple. It is just a, a stock with a low float. It might have a story and just the patterns there. But the really complex part is seeing the pattern over and over and over and over again for six months, eight months, 10 months, 12 months, 14 months, 16 months, to the point where you... Got no- feel comfortable enough to get in at the right point and, and not be kind of scared out by the volatility because the volatility is scary when you're not used to it and it takes a long time to adapt to it. And the second thing is just to say, uh, penny stocks have got such a horrible reputation that, and everybody believes that the scams and you can't make money in them. So when people kind of sign up the services like Tim service and they don't make money in the first three months, they've already got the negative connotation in the head already that it's not going to work. So they just quit. And, it, and it's difficult to kind of have the belief in something from learning from a guy over the internet. And that's what the majority of people struggle with. And that, that 
adds and compounds the, the bad reputation because more and more people leave, lose because it's already got a bad reputation. Well, and I think there's just, you know, one of the drawbacks of trading is, is, is just ridiculously unrealistic expectations. And I think that is created a lot by the ease of entry. You know, again, I use like the restaurant analogy. I mean, restaurants are one of the most, I mean, they fail all the time. I mean, it's one of the highest failure rate of like any type of business. But restaurants don't have a bad name because you can't start a restaurant with $500 and a $200 laptop, you know, and you could be a trader. I mean, if you have $500 and a crappy old laptop and an internet connection, you can start trading today. Now, a restaurant, you got to have hundreds of thousands of dollars. You got to get a lease. You got to get loans. And I think that is why trading gets such a bad name because people show up, they think they're going to turn their $500 into 500,000 in a year. They, they go too far too fast. They get their position sizes too big. They hold on too long. They blow up and then they say trading doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, when I first came across the ad on the internet, I just thought, I don't know who Tim Sykes is. I've never heard of him before. And there's so many online internet marketing scams, and especially with kind of YouTube and, and these pop-ups that are popping up all of the time, these pop-up ads, I thought, this is another scam. But it seemed like a really slick scam. It seemed like a really kind of well-thought-out scam. And I thought, well, if I'm going to try anything, then I may as well try this. And I, I looked into it, and it was $150, and I thought, well, if I... Put $150 in every month and I try Tim Sykes' services out for 12 months. Uh, if uh, it's not a scam, then I'll go on to hopefully be profitable in the future. And if it is a scam, then I would have uncovered and permanently damaged um, this this guy. And because I thought if I, re- if I release videos every week on YouTube using his name, I'm going to completely reveal him. And everyone who searches his name on YouTube is going to find out that he's actually is a scam. And, and I've documented and I've done this whole year-long diary that no one else has took the, the steps to do before. And, and I'll basically, I'll send him into the ground. I thought, I'll finish him, and he'll not be able to do this anymore. And after, after watching maybe a couple of months of material, and then I was kind of seeing that he had successful millionaire students like Tim Gratani, and Mark Rook was on his way up. Obviously, Tim Bourne was a long-term student who was successful. I was like, well, if these guys have done it, it can't really be a scam. And if he's been on Fox News, it probably can't be a scam. And then things started clicking and I was watching uh, Trader Checklist, which is one of the DVDs. And that was about three or four months in. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is actually real. And it's, it's true and it's possible because things were really making sense. Uh, and then when my winning percentage was going 20, 30, 40, 50%, I was like, oh my God, I'm actually learning and I'm actually getting better and better and closer and closer. And the amount that I'm losing each month is becoming less and less and less. Uh, and then I was about six months, probably I had no doubt at all that it was legitimate after within about five to six months. Is there a famous company? That was a penny stock. Yeah, I mean, True Religion Jeans was a, a penny stock. Really? They were actually... I just got a pair. You got a pair. So they were a pump located in Vancouver, uh, and the jeans actually took off. So 
it doesn't happen very often where a penny stock actually turns into something real, but there's one example right there. If it doesn't happen very often, how have you made a lot of money? So I actually mainly short sell penny stocks, which sounds crazy. You bet on stocks going lower because they're only like, you know, a dollar or two dollars a share. But if a company is actually fundamentally worthless, then when it's at one or two dollars a share, <laughs> it drops, you know, 90 percent. And that's how I collect my money. Yeah, no, short selling is really interesting. And Unfortunately, it's not available to everybody. You kind of have to have the right broker. You have to have um, maybe a certain account balance. Uh, but once you get those things, short selling is literally the opposite of buying. It's it's betting that a stock is going to depreciate in value, that it's going to lose value. And the way it works is you literally borrow shares from your broker. So you will sell your position first uh Rather than buy a stock, you will literally sell it uh, without owning any shares. And then you'll, in an ideal situation, watch it go down and then you'll buy back those shares. So in a normal situation, you'll buy the stock and then you will sell it. But when you short sell a stock, you will literally sell shares that you don't have, which are borrowed from your broker and then buy them back at a lower price. What allows you to short sell is say, say you are a long term short shareholder. You like this stock. You're going to hold this stock forever. You actually get paid a, it's a small amount, but you'll actually get paid interest from your broker. Now, now when, when I, when I or Steven short sell, we pay fees. Um, again, they're small percentages, but we pay fees to borrow those shares. Those fees actually go back to the long-term shareholders and the long-term shareholders can choose whether or not to loan their shares out. That's why Often stocks are referred to as hard to borrow because there's not many of the long-term shareholders that are lending them out. Basically, you're just adding liquidity to the market because what happens is stocks, if they are illiquid stocks, by being a short seller, you can bring in selling to that stock, bring in liquidity. So brokers like liquidity. They want shares in and out. They want people spending commissions. So it's really just a way to add liquidity to a stock. Yeah. The only, yeah, the only other way I can explain it is like normally when you buy a stock at $6, you buy it at six and you want to sell it at seven and you'll, you'll make what 8% or something like that. But when you short sell, it's literally the opposite. You'll borrow shares from a long-term investor. You'll, you'll sell the stock at seven and you'll aim to buy it at six and you'll still make that same 7%, but you've just made it the other way around. You just trade backwards. Yeah, and and one thing that kind of helps people understand it is, and this is kind of weird, but it helps people understand it. So when you short a stock, so remember, you're selling before you buy. When you look at your brokerage account, you will, like, like say I short a 1,000 shares of Apple. I will actually have negative 1,000 shares of Apple in my account, okay, because I have borrowed those and sold them. Now I have a negative position. Then, again, assuming the trade works, when I buy those back, it now gets me back to zero, and I collect the difference between the sell and the buy. So remember, it's just flip-flopping the time frame. There's still a sell and a buy, I'm, but in this instance, I'm selling before I buy. I got a negative negative position. Then when I buy back, I collect the difference. Now, I also may, when I say collect the difference, I may collect a loss. Because if I sell a 1,000 shares at $7, and then I buy those back at $8, what happened? 
I just lost a dollar a share because I sold at seven, I bought at eight. It's really just the easiest way to understand it and get it in your mind is just think about flip-flopping the time. Still selling, still buying, still collecting or losing the difference. It's just you're selling before you buy. So you're rooting against the people you're interested in. This is weird. I don't I don't necessarily root for anybody. I, I look at, you know, historical statistics and I say, logically, this company will fail. Like Liquid Metal. They announced their deal with Apple three years ago, and the stock went from twelve cents to over two dollars a share, nearly two dollars a share. I bought it at fifty five, sold it at eighty cents. I made my you know fifty percent return in a few hours and I was done with it. Since then I've been shorting it a lot because the deal hasn't materialized and the stock has dropped ninety percent. Any stock ever go from fifty cents to a hundred dollars? Not quite that high, but there are stocks that go up. There was a famous company called Sponge Tech, which I was warning about. It went from a third of a penny up to 30 cents a share. So 90 times their money in a few months. They were a big uh, sponsor and advertiser at uh, US Open in Madison Square Garden. They eventually defaulted on their advertising deals. And I was warning against it because they had 19 separate stock promoters pumping the stock up. And everyone believed in those. They had sponges with soap already in it. Okay, so it's a cool product. Like, but they had the ticker on the sponge. So what are they selling? Are they really selling the sponges or are they selling their stock? And in reality, they were selling their stock. There were 500 million shares uh, that the insiders theoretically sold. You do it every day? Yeah, I mean, I look every day. I'm not always trading every day. Today, I haven't made a trade because with penny stocks, you have to wait for something that's hot and moving. I don't believe in these stocks. Most of them, they don't trade very actively, so I'm not interested in an illiquid penny stock. So, do you ever get tips on a bigger stock? I mean, I've, I've tried them. I just haven't grown my account that way. The way that I've grown my account and now my top students have grown their accounts is trading active penny stocks because they're so volatile. You know, my top student has turned 1,500 into now 2.7 million in four years. Just, just a quick thing to add. I mean, this video interview was probably about two, three years ago, and he, is he, he? He's obviously talking about Tim Grittani then. Tim Grittani, you've seen, is, is up two point seven million. I was just checking his profitly chart, and now he's up four point seven million, four point eight million. He's just nearly hit five million, uh, and he's just overtook uh, Tim Sykes, or he's about to. So the 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 student has become the teacher, so to speak. <laughs> So, so the amazing thing about Tim Grittani, and you know, I, I, I tell you, I consider him a friend. He's a great guy, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And I mean, he is truly an example of of the student, you know, becoming uh, exceeding the teacher. You know, that old uh, idiom or whatever the term. You know, where he has now made more money than Sykes in trading in less time. So now. Again, Gratani is an amazing guy, a great guy. I, I always call him the golden boy. Um, the, he may be the best trader, you know, when we look back, you know, at like, like a 10-year period from when he got started in like roughly 2010. When we look back at what Gratani has done in 2020, he may be, the way he's going now, I mean, he might be the best trader of the decade. How do you get students? You know, they hear about my success. I show everything online through social media. I share all my picks. I share they all my watch lists. Uh, yeah, but I have a lot of free stuff. I have 400 free videos on YouTube. So they can see that I'm not, you know, BSing, that I'm actually real. So you why don't have do you to. give away things? I want people to learn. You know, the reason why I got into teaching is because there was so much misinformation out there. People don't even think that you can actually short sell penny stocks. People are like, oh, that's illegal. No, it's not illegal. You just have to find a broker that has shares to short. And a lot of brokers, because they don't have shares to short, just made up the lie that you can't short sell penny stocks. So I hate misinformation. You said that penny stock traders are degenerates. 
and you're trying to give structure to junkies. Correct. Like uh, the racetrack Muzzies, right, that hang around there every day. Or casinos, you know, the people who play Keno, except that the odds can actually be in your favor if you do enough research and you have indicators. With sports betting or Keno or casinos, you can't really get 70 75% winning percentages no. like my top students and I have. You know, this is a very logical game if you do enough research. So Tim is exactly right, and we we talk about this ninety percent of failure. We talked about it a little bit ago about you know penny stocks get bad raps. Again, just to kind of reuse my analogy of the guy with five hundred bucks and a laptop, he's the majority of these guys are exactly like Sykes said. They're degenerate gamblers. They got five hundred bucks. They don't really care. You know, they they if they lose it, they lose it. They're no different than the guy that goes down to the track on the weekend with his paycheck. Some days he wins, most days he loses, because like sports, unlike sports betting, you know he's just he's just a degenerate. And and you, when you take that same thought process to trading, you will fail if you don't have a process, if you don't have a methodology, if you don't have a plan. Stephen will say, he listens to me preach about this for an hour and a half a day. The only way you will be consistently profitable in this business is if you have a process and a methodology. 90% fail because 90% of that 90% just throw something at the wall. They got 500 bucks to burn. They blow it because they chase picks from other guys. They just randomly trade stuff. They blow up. Those are the guys that say it doesn't work. Yeah, and, and I just have to add, uh, there's a lot of parallels between, uh, for me especially, there's a lot of parallels between poker and, and stock trading. And, and I've heard a lot of other people say that. LX21, uh, he said in a conference as well, uh, poker and stock trading are very similar. And I'm doing the exact same thing. Like when I was playing poker and I was making money in Newcastle, I was sitting watching loads of drunk degenerates throw money away and I would just sit and wait for the right setup and I would take the money and I would go home and I'd do it night after night after night and it's the exact same with stock trading loads of degenerates throwing the money away and what I'm learning to do is sit establish a process and take the money night after night after night and it's the exact same thing and it it is you know you know it's often said that you know many you know and I don't understand the methodology but just like gambling I mean people actually there's some sort of mental disorder where, where they want to lose money. I think a lot of people that you were playing poker, they 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 actually enjoy yeah. losing money, and and they get drunk, they blow their money, and that's what they want. And I think, like you said, there are I I, I almost think there are people that that want to lose money in stocks, and and the market will give you what you if that's what you want, the market will reward you. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and people would say, how are you so lucky? And I'm like, it's, uh, it's just my day. But you'd know. <laughs> Is it easy to fall victim to a petty stock uh, fraud? 100%. You know, if you don't have the right mentor, if you don't have the right rules, if you're not financially, you know, proficient, if, if you don't read the SEC filings, companies issue press releases that are all filled with hype. But then if you read the legal filings, there's not so much hype. So there's there's two separate sets of data. But if you're only looking at the press releases, you're not getting the full equation. So a lot of, you know, trading is actually, while, while it gets 
you know the the glitz and the glam just 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 like playing poker gets you know you you know you instantly get this mental image of the high roller you know strutting into the casino and the doors open and there's the red carpet and there's the beautiful girls and the champagne well that trading gets a lot of that but that really isn't how it works a lot of it is just, you know, and I, I've told my story many times about getting up at 5 a.m. I get up at 4.30 a.m. now because of a, a, a Navy, Steve, Navy SEAL actually has me getting up half an hour earlier. But it is just repeating the same stuff over and over and over again. You're, you're digging through these SEC filings, which are, like, keep in mind, just if, if you're new and, and don't know what that is, an SEC filing are as a publicly traded company, you have requirements of, of reporting quarterly. You know, you, there's regular reporting that you have to do that is mandated by the government, or you'll get in, you know, you'll get in like legit trouble, like jail trouble, if you don't issue these filings. And if you, you know, if you lie in these filings, I mean, there's real repercussions. But as traders, we have to read them, we have to dig through them, we have to. Build the case, I call it, and you're looking for red flags in these. They'll mention that you know maybe they are having trouble uh, paying the employees. Maybe they're having trouble paying their bills. Maybe they failed to get a loan that they needed, and that kind of information is there. It's buried. It's deep. It's not fun, but that is part of the process. If you've ever watched The Big Short, the movie. You know, there's a lot of that. You just see the guy. I mean, that the, the main character is just sitting there digging through this stuff. But now, not that we're doing anything on that scale, but it is very similar. And you're just doing it on a smaller scale to what he did in that movie. Yeah, but and it's funny because that was one of the things that turned me off wanting to trade altogether. I was thinking if I have to do this fundamental analysis, I, I don't really want to trade. It's too much and it's too technical. But... Over time, uh, you slowly, slowly, slowly get used to it a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. But I mean, all I really know how to do with SEC filings is understand the cash balance, understand the cash flow, and look for the triggers like at the market offering and know to short it if they've got an an outstanding offering. And for me, that's enough for now to, to get by. See, and that's another thing, a a part of the process. I know I kind of talk about process, process, process all the time. But what you do by the more of these you read, the faster you get. I call it the – well, I don't call it. um, Boyd, a Navy pilot, pilot, years ago came up with the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, observe, orientate, decide, and act. Okay, Basically, you create a loop as a fighter pilot. You're looking for – these same things, okay? When you're a fighter pilot, you know, you, you're talking milliseconds. You're looking for him to make a mistake. You're look, and you're looking to get through that loop quicker than the other guy. And when I'm reading an SEC filing, I can do it very quickly. And I can recognize things. Now, how can I do that? It's years of experience. If you're a day trader and you're a gambler and you've read two SEC filings in your life, you're probably going to miss those things and you're going to be part of the 90%. Yeah, and just before we continue, the last parallel between poker and trading is when you're playing poker, you'll just sit for two hours waiting for a hand to, to, to play. And when you're sitting trading, you'll just wait for two hours, three hours, even sometimes a day waiting for a stock to play. But with poker, they make it look sexy on the television because they'll film 20 hours and they'll show the best hour. <laughs> but it's it's just not like that. 
And, and Sykes made that point too. You know, you know, I'm the same way. I say, you know, my methodology has been for years. I'm looking to make zero to three trades a day. Okay. I'm not looking to make 20 trades and, and people always, uh, they say zero, zero to three. Well, well you got trade every day. Well, no, you know, um, especially, uh, you know, as we kind of come through into the fall of 2017, I mean, the late August was one of the driest periods I've been through. And, you know, you need yeah. to recognize that there's no edge and there's nothing wrong with not trading. Sometimes no trade is the best trade. Yeah. You, your Instagram is filled with pictures of you besides your Lamborghini on vacation holding rolled up hundreds of dollars to your ear like a phone. Why, why this kind of promotion? So what I've learned is that, you know, because I teach finance, because I teach penny stocks, you know, no one really wants to study this. They just want hot stock picks. So I have to do my utmost to get them studying my video lessons and DVDs. I now have 3,000 <laughs> video lessons, but they don't want to put in the time to study unless they see the reward at the end. So I show off big piles of cash. I try and inspire them visually. If you look up, you know, landmark studies from uh, psychologists, uh, what is his name, Latham and Locke. Performance has been increased 15 to 25% if you have a big goal. So I'm always trying to show them the big goal. If you make enough successful trades, you can get the Lamborghini. It makes me nauseous. I don't even like my Lamborghini. I drive too fast. I need to take Dramamine. You know, I'm Jewish. I'm not cut out for that kind of stuff. So I don't necessarily love it, but... You know, what I do love, I took a picture of this beautiful painting at one of my favorite museums in Venice, Italy. No one liked it on social media. That's what I love. So you have to find what inspires people to study. And for them, they want the cash, they want the Lamborghini. And the cool thing is that my millionaire students, once they make enough money, they understand, you know, okay, you don't really need a Lamborghini. Once you have a million dollars in your account, you can have any car you want. So I show visualizations just to get people to study. And it's been working well. You know, I'm the only one with millionaire students. Are you driven by money? In the beginning, I was, you know, uh, I, I didn't know any better. But, you know, once you become a millionaire, I was a millionaire at 22, I was bored. I, I was living in Spain. I was just drinking and eating with my friends and really doing nothing with my life. And that's kind of unfulfilling. So you have to get to a place where you see that you want more out of life. I don't bound out of bed because I'm like, let's see how much money I can spend today. Now I bound out of bed. Let's see how many people I can teach and how fast I can grow my charity. So your priorities change. Something that I like about what what Tim said, and it's it's interesting because of what I've been doing with you know with Stocks to Trade Pro to teach, and what you know what I've been I've wanted to do a podcast for geez five years. Uh, I registered I think pennystockingpodcast dot com five years ago. I've been doing YouTube videos since two thousand nine. I share that kind of same. You know, I love teaching. I love giving back. And, and something that is interesting about trading is, you know, the potential is awesome. But I've always, you know, one of the reasons I enjoy doing like, you know, I'm kind of a weekend handyman. I, I've got my builder's license. I like doing carpentry. I like doing woodworking. Something about trading, you can have the best day in the world, but it's lots of times it's just, it's just red and green numbers on a screen. You know, um, even, you, you make a great profit. You're, you're obviously excited. You're pumped. You spend a little money. Maybe you pay some bills. Maybe you go on vacation. But at the end of the day, it, there's only so much kind of like satisfaction that comes out of that. And one of the reasons Sykes got in, I mean, he, I mean, he could look at, look at his performance. He could obviously just sit in a, a hotel room in Italy and, and trade all day, but he chose to help 
teach others. He chose to, you know, help with his charity. And that's why I've been doing YouTube videos. That's why I wanted to teach. That's why I'm here doing this podcast is it's, it's, it's people will probably say, yeah, right. But as much as I love a thousand dollar profit, I love even more when someone is like, I made a thousand bucks because of what you taught me, you know, because of the process, because now I don't believe in these stocks, but I believe I can trade them. And man, that it's like, yeah, I, Hey, again, I love a thousand bucks. Don't get me wrong, but you don't get like the warm fuzzy feeling when someone says, man, you told me X, Y, and Z. And now I made a thousand bucks. That's what drives me. Yeah. And, and just to add, I mean, uh, the money making money is it's, it's never been the, the main driver for me either. I mean, of course it's, it's a nice thought to make money, but and obviously, I want to make enough to get by and survive. And I like the perks of working from anywhere and traveling from anywhere. And that's the ultimate dream. But what really did it for me when I had an interest in trading was, I was thinking, when I work in my advertising career, I'm just, I'm, I'm literally, I'm helping through creative content, uh, promote banks, insurance companies, airlines, all of these people who've got loads of money already, I'm helping them make more money. And I thought, this is bullshit. Like, I want to learn how to make money. And then I want to help teach other people who are less fortunate to also make money and, and use my skills in advertising to promote myself, to help other people ultimately, rather than promote airlines and business and big corporates. And, and that, that, was a big, that was a big transition for me a few months ago. You, you explained your image by saying, uh, let's say you meet a homeless guy on the street and offer him the choice of a bottle of Jack Daniels or a green juice kale drink. He's going to take the Jack Daniels. So what I do is show pictures of my Lamborghini, the mansion I used to have, my trips, my model girlfriend, the life they want, the Jack Daniels. But inside, I teach them the rules. See, I'm tricking the bum. I'm on a mission to take bums off the street and put them in Armani suits. It's pretty much true. Why are you driven by that? Um, Because I see what education can do. I see, you know, in the entire world of trading, in, in stock trading and financial trading, there aren't that many self-made millionaires who show every trade. I show every trade. My students show every trade. But to get there, you need to be inspired to study. You don't get to millionaire status without studying. You might have a few lucky picks here or there, but to become an actual millionaire from a few thousand dollars, I mean, this is quite an incredible feat. The way to do it is study and spreadsheets and more spreadsheets. As it's worked. It's work, and you don't want to do that until you see what you can get out of it. So a lot of people who have $1,000, $5,000, $20,000 to their name, they're working the nine-to-five jobs. That's not going to get them rich ever, and they're watching CNBC. They're you know diversifying into GE and, and IBM, and they're turning 5000 into 6000 over the course of the year. You have to try and take weird strategies like mine, you know, alternative strategies to try and grow it, and that's yeah. what I've done. So again, Sykes mirrors exactly my story, really, in that analogy there. He's, he talked about with GE turning 5000 into 6000 and, and actually, I would, I would <laughs> obviously, he just made those numbers up. But in, in the real world, if you're trading GE in a year, you might turn 5000 into 5100 I mean, he, he just made an off-the-cuff comment there. But that's what drew me to low-price stocks, That what drew me to short-selling these stocks and, and drew me to this niche was I spent 20 years turning 5000 into 5100 
and I was done with it. I'm like, either I'm going to do something else or I need to find a niche that would allow me to make better profits than waiting a year and investing in something boring like GE. Yeah, and, and just uh, uh, the Roland story always uh, comes to mind. Roland Great. is the the latest Tim Sykes uh, hot student. He's, he's made 200000 in the last seven months. Uh, but his story, uh, I'm very, very sure it's S-I-N-O, and it's a shipping stock. And he was just getting to grips with trading. He was just starting to understand things. And he thought, and he shouldn't have done this, but he put $5,000, his whole account balance at the time, uh, into S-I-N-O overnight, and it gapped up. Uh, from say three to six, and his five thousand dollars turned into ten thousand dollars overnight, and and that's the difference in the volatility. Unfortunately, he didn't listen to Tim Sykes's rules and and take his profits, and he watched he watched it come all the way back down the next day and didn't. Oh, I did not but, know that. I I don't think I yeah. heard that story. <laughs> no, he, he he let the ten thousand slip to nine, and then he slipped to eight, and he thought it's got to bounce, it's got to bounce, and then he slipped to six, and then five, and then he cut a break even, but. The potential to double your account to make from five thousand to ten thousand is there in a night, in in one day. Do you equate wealth with happiness? No, I equate freedom with happiness, and wealth allows you to have freedom. Your mom says that all your marketing makes you look like a jerk. Do your <laughs> parents understand what you're doing? Bloomberg had that. Yeah, um, yeah. My my parents both work for me. My mom ships out the DVDs. My dad helps new students get oriented with uh, you know the the video lessons and DVDs. So. You know, we understand that the marketing looks jerky, but we understand what it takes to inspire people to study. So if I wish I could just, you know, again, like with the bum, if you give him kale juice, he'll drink it. He won't. He wants, you know, the alcohol. And, you know, my students want the orange Lamborghini at first. Once they get wealthy enough, it all changes, though, because then they realize and they're kind of enlightened. I was a philosophy major. So, you know, this is like the allegory of the cave. That's my business model. You donated the, that equipment you said to that child in yes. Florida. Yet that was one of your least liked photos on Instagram. Yeah, Why? sadly. You know, again, this comes with what inspires people. Lamborghini, cash, exotic trips, beaches. They don't want to see a little boy. They don't. Even though it, it was one of the best moments of my life. My parents were there. We all started crying. The little boy spoke electronically for the first time. It was incredible. And I can't really pass that down through social media. You know, it, it, we have it on video. It, it just didn't, it didn't translate unfortunately. You think we all are selfish by nature? I think in the beginning, maybe, you know, especially when, when you see what our society has become and, and what we put our values on, like the, the Kardashians and stuff like that. Um, I think that we, we definitely need uh, a change in focus, but to get there, you need education. And I wish, I wish math teachers had like Lamborghinis, you know, think about how good you'd be at math. If your high school you know, <laughs> math teacher had a Lamborghini, you'd be like, I want to study this stuff. <laughs> You also started a scholarship at Tulane where you went to school, great school. Yeah, yeah. You call it the Timothy Sykes Day Trading Award for the Talented. Yes. Where'd you come up with that? <laughs> I wanted to call it... The Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good. The award for students who learn good based off the movie Zoolander, but they, they said that would make a mockery. What is this? Center for Ants. How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit inside the building? So I came up with this awkward thing, but it rewards people for their talents, not just academic or athletic. There's enough athletic and academic scholarships. This is, you know, crazy awards. We had uh, a guy who created a magazine, a karate champion, uh, this other person who does special effects for movies. And so we give them some money to help them pursue their dreams. How to get more information on the foundation. 
Uh, it's all on timothysykes.com, and soon we'll have our own charity website. We just got 501c3 status the other day. Timothysykes.com. Yeah, timothysykes.com. That's you where said that is. everyone in finance is boring. Pretty much. Mean? You know, again, most Wall Street people, they just want money. They want their power suits. I lived in New York for a little while. It's a very superficial culture. They're not giving back. They're not sharing their education. I'm trying to change everything. You know, I understand I'm a penny stock guy. I post pictures of the cash and stuff like that. But if you look at my lessons and this, you know, the pictures initially get people in the door, they start to see what actually matters. And I'm gradually changing people's lives. You know, the other day I gave totally randomly, not part of my charity, just you know, I was just filming $20,000 away to random people out on the street, and I filmed it all. You're going to love this video when we post it. But when I started giving it to random people, I was, you know, hearing their story. One man had been shot, and he's trying to make enough to uh, support his family. Another lady, you know, she's trying to care. Went down the street with $100 bill. Exactly. Exactly. A big pile of, of cash out in the valley, and we went to this bar. Um, I'll send you the video when, when we have it all edited. But what happened towards the end is, you know, everyone was drinking at this random bar, so maybe alcohol played a little part. But People who I gave $100 bills to, I gave this one lady $500, she started listening to another guy's story, and she said, you know what, you deserve this more. And she gave $100 of the 500 that I gave her to this other man. And I was like, it's spreading. And that is what I want. That is what social media should be used for, where you can spread good messages, where it's not just who can get the most followers, who can get the most likes. How do we start to change people's, you know, focus and, and priorities and it starts with education and that is why you know i literally make a video lesson a day i have a blog post a day i'm in my chat room with nearly a thousand traders talking about different stocks you need the education and you need the financial freedom you want to be a billionaire i don't really care about that i want to create more millionaires that that would be more impressive if i could create a thousand millionaires or even a hundred millionaires i already have several million i don't i live pretty much as good as can be expected. Were you anywhere near wiped out in the economic downturn? No, I was near wiped out with that Cygnus e-transactions when I believed in that penny stock. Uh, I actually do better in bear markets because I short sell. So during bull markets, I'm scared because absolute crap companies are rising and it's scary and I cut losses quickly. But in bear markets, these stocks drop like a rock because if you look at the red flags and the financials, they should drop like a What's rock. What's your assessment of the market now? I mean, it's a guessing game as it always is. I stay away from the overall market. I think that the key that individual investors should be using is looking at specific stocks, trade them like a sniper when there's uh, an advantage, when there's no advantage, don't trade. You don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to know where the market is going all the time. Too many people trade like a mutual fund and they think that they have to try and make 20% per year. I'm in this to make exponential returns. And, you know, with that, you have to be very specific and deliberate with your trades. So, so again, flash, flash back to, to my career, 2007, 2008, you know, I've, I've, I've told this story where, you know, my true kind of breakthrough moment was in that that bear market. Now it didn't wasn't around very long, but if you remember in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, that was the financial crisis. These stocks, these low price stocks, they would they would just pop and drop, and and short selling was very, very highly consistent back then. Um, and then as as Tim mentioned, I mean, obviously this video is a couple years old, but we're now two more years into this bull market. And I, as of uh, kind of spring 2016, I, I pivoted as well as did Sykes into much, being much more of a, of a long bias trader because back in the 2007, 2008 periods, these stocks would pop one day and drop. You could just wait for one day, short them the next day. 
the last year or so, we've seen one, two, three, four multi-week runs out of these stocks. So there's there's potential long and short for sure. And if it ever comes, now I kind of joke a lot on, on social networks about the fact that I still think we're in the beginning of this bull market. But when you look at a long-term chart of the SPY since 2008, we're due for a correction, and short-selling low-priced stocks will be very effective again at some point. Yeah, and I'm super excited about that because, I mean, you don't like the likes of AVAO from $0.40 cents to $3, and it just will not drop. And it's unpredictable. You cannot predict. And, and like, like, like yesterday with FENG, MGTI, JMEI, uh, all of these stocks, you'd expect them to go down, and they're all popping back up. And they all continue to grind. And, and the, the bears, the, the biased short sellers, I, I tell the story. I mean, it's like, to me, it's like having your, your hand in, like a, in a grinder. And it just is grinding and grinding and grinding. Now, they fail. But in this market, you need to be very well capitalized. Yeah. It is not a friendly market huh. for short sellers with small no, accounts. Like, how much pain can you take? That is the question. How many sleepless nights can you have <laughs> before you just think, Get me out, get me out at any cost. <laughs> Do you call it gambling? Research gambling. And again, the odds are on my side. I win roughly 74% of the time. You don't find that with, you know, anywhere else. You remember your first big thrill in trading? Freshman year in college, uh, I bought this company. Uh, they were a penny stock, and they said they were going to be on TV uh, showcasing their new technology that back in 2000, uh, cell phone technology wasn't very good. You had fuzziness. And they had this technology that could get rid of the fuzziness, and they were going to be on, I don't know if it was CNBC or CNN. Like something. HD. Yeah, something over the TV. It was... I don't remember. Um, the, the ticker symbol was ISCO. And I bought it. I invested nearly three quarters of my net worth as a freshman. And this was nearly th- uh, $250,000. And I was, you know, I'd already made some money. But they were on TV that weekend. The next Monday, the stock kept gapping up. And you couldn't pre, you know, there, there's pre-orders, pre-market orders now. So back then, there was no pre-market trading. I was watching the stock go up. I'm, I'm trying to click sell. Nothing's getting taken. Right when the market opens, I put my sell orders in for like three minutes. There's nothing getting executed because it just keeps going up. I finally get my sell order in. I made $100,000 in one day. I ran around my dorm room just screaming like this was crazy to me, and I took my whole dorm out to dinner. It was a beautiful moment. What do you think of the Shark Tank show? I mean, it's good. It gets people interested in business. Um, you know, I, I just ate at uh, Cousin's uh, Lobster Truck the other day. It was a delicious lobster roll, and they got funded from that. So I think that's good, you know, where, where you mix entertainment with education. I think we need more of that. Well, that's actually one of the, one of the things that kind of brings me here is, you know, something that, that is, is exciting. And, and again, back to why I did YouTube videos. I mean, I've got YouTube videos from 2009. And what we're trying to do with the Steady Trade Podcast is show you that, that as, a, as a beginning trader, as a part-time trader, as a, as a guy or a gal with a small account, you can start learning today. And it doesn't need to be boring learning. I mean, it can be entertaining. Be inspired by what some of these traders have done. And, and I mean, I think anybody... I know I learn better when I enjoy something, no matter what the skill is, if it's entertaining and it's interesting, then the odds of me picking it up, remembering it and enjoying the process is much higher. And and that's why I wanted to go with Sykes as well when I first started learning, because you would make you laugh while you are learning. And and it was the same with my YouTube channel. I've built, I've built my YouTube channel on the premise of 
having fun, being ordinary, but also trying to help people learn the lessons that I'm learning at the same time. And, and no one does that. Trading's boring. Trading is a boring subject. So you have to make it as entertaining yeah, mo- as possible to, to make it fun for people that want to learn as well. Most I've I've read a lot of trading books through the years, and most of them are you know they're 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 textbooks. Um, you know, again, Sykes American Hedge Fund was an entertaining trading yeah. book, and um, I think you know again that that's our goal is is to, is to give every, give the listener some information, teach them, but not make it drudgery. Yeah. Have a laugh throughout. Have a laugh throughout. When did you know you made it? I, I don't know if I've still made it. You know, it's, it's not a game about increasing your net worth. It's about achieving your goals. And I've created four millionaires so far, and I have a few dozen students who are earning six figures a year. But most people still don't trade penny stocks. They still don't care about education. I have a long way to go. I'm going to need to create many more millionaires and create many more video lessons to get there. You get more a kick out of the creating of one. Then. 100%. I was there for my second millionaire in Ohio when he crossed a million dollars. And he only made $9,000 on the trade. You know, it was a good trade. He's 25 years old. His name is Tim Gratani. He was featured on CNN and Reuters. Um, and he was like, yeah, it was a good trade, $9,000. And I'm like, three years ago, you had $1,500 to your name. Do you realize how big this is? And, and he doesn't understand it. Now he's up to $2.7 million. And now he's up $4.7 million, $4.8 million. He's just nearly hit $5 million. But the fact that he can go from $1,500 to $2.7 million in a few years, not from any one lucky pick, but from strategy. And he has literally thousands of spreadsheets. He tracks every specific kind of uh, strategy. You know, if a company reports good earnings, if they report a contract, if it's a pump and dump, and he looks at patterns and he sees what patterns are working. He is much more methodical than me. What do your parents think of you now? Uh, they love it. You know, they're part of the business. They see how fast it's growing. We, we doubled educational revenues year over year the past each of the past three years. So they like it. Wow. Any goals? More millionaires, many more millionaires and many more people to help via my charity. You know, I pledged to donate $2 million so far this year. I think I've donated about 600000 so I have a ways to go. Um, but I'm going to keep helping and keep teaching, and, and we'll see where it gets me. What about your personal net worth? You know, I mean, I have roughly $15 million in the bank. But, again, whether I have $10, $15, 20000000 million, an extra few million, it's not going to change my life one way or the other. Now I want to help average people. That's what's really going to change. Someone going from a thousand to a million, or that kid getting a twenty thousand dollar machine. It's using the money for the greater good. You know, I like having the security. I'm going on a trip. You know, in a few days, I'm going to have fun for a month. Um, I love being able to donate. But the ultimate key is freedom. Most people are stuck in the rat race, nine to five every single day for decade after decade, trying to pay down student loans, trying to pay down debt. There needs to be a change. And with the internet, I think that's possible. With social media, you start to see other people's lifestyles. I wish more millionaires shared a lot of this stuff. They don't want to look like a jackass on the internet. I understand that. I don't mind that. I've already been on a few reality shows. I have a big mouth. I look like a jackass naturally sometimes. What do you worry about? Nothing, really. You know, I see where all the trends are going. I see that I'm going to create more millionaires. When I first said, I'm going to create a millionaire from scratch, nobody believed me. They're like, oh, just another internet douchebag. Then I created one and two and three and four. So it's not a question if I'm going to create more. It's a question of how many. And I worry about, you know, well, I worry about the Earth's self-destruction. I think that we're, we have a lot of problems with nuclear and, and energy and stuff like that. So can we increase education before we destroy ourselves? That would be my main concern. You're so young. You're thinking about a legacy yet? 
Uh, I mean, social media is so young. The internet is so young. The internet's only 20 years old. The internet is going to change everything. People have not realized how many educational and, you know, societal influencing tools the internet will create. So I'm very excited over the next few years and decades. Great pleasure meeting you, Timothy. Thanks for having me. You're a special guy. So one of the great things about Sykes is he's shown, it's like a, uh, I, I joke a lot about like cheat codes or a, 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 it's almost like the the skies opened up and, and, and you finally saw the potential. And, you know, something that I learned from him is, is I was the original part-time trader. I, uh, you know, I had a business, I had a family, I had a lot of things going on, but I recognized five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago that I could use this methodology and and make you know five hundred a thousand dollars a day. Now you're not going to win every day, but this is a skill that can be scaled up. And the better you get at it, the more you repeat, the higher the potential for gains. Now, have I made you know five million dollars in trading like Tim Gratani has? No, I haven't, because there's a certain amount of risk there as well. Now, you once you start scaling up bigger and bigger. That means you need to be willing to take bigger and bigger losses and risk bigger and bigger yeah. amounts of money. I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, again, back in the introduction, I'm, I'm the salty old veteran. You know, I've got a family. I've got businesses. I've got rental properties. I've got a lot of commitments. So I'm not going to go out there and risk hundreds of thousands of dollars that you need to do to make $4 million. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I can't make, you know, that 500 or that $1,000 a day that allows me to pass that skill on to others as well as, you know, take the family on a vacation or allow me to, to now see the potential for income. And that's what, you know, I'd, I'd kind of gotten a little stale in my business. It had matured. I was a little bored. So I now saw this as a repeatable process and I could retire and now extract an income from the market so I could enjoy more freedom and my other businesses as well as teach that back to others. Yeah, and I just have to add when you talk about risk and and you like Tim Gratani obviously has to take more risk to make five million. And I'll never forget the story that Tim Gratani told of when he lost it was either two hundred and twenty thousand dollars or two hundred and seventy thousand dollars on L A K E, the ticket lake. Now, it was a short sell, and he didn't cut it, and he let it run and run and run. But in the end, he took it off, and he lost $220,000. So this is some of the situations you can get yourself in when you bet more to make more. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, you know, again, where I'm at. You know, I see the process. I see the potential. But um, and, and obviously, when you have the skills like Gratani has, and those are the skills we're talking about in this podcast, you can get it back. But again, you know, He's a young guy, you know. He, it's okay. He, he, he's he's free. Uh, as as a fifty year old guy with kids, I'm not willing to take a two hundred and seventy dollar loss right now. So. Hey everybody, Stephen Johnson here. Don't forget to head over to our website, SteadyTrade.com. You can register and fill out a survey for today's episode. And normally, surveys are boring. But for you, you get the chance to win a greedy little bastard package. And hang on a second. If none of you go and register, maybe that greedy little bastard package can be mine. Never mind. Forget. Forget what I said. Go to the website, 
give some feedback, tell us that I'm great, tell us that I suck, tell me that I'm terrible at this and I should never do it again and I should not be on YouTube either and I should just go back to my normal job in advertising. But fill out the survey, you'll stand a chance of winning the prize and take a look at my YouTube videos. You will not believe how handsome I actually am. Girls and guys, Hi, this is Dennis from Phoenix, Arizona, and I like to play online poker while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com, and if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in Phoenix. Harry Potter is dead! It's it's total conditioning though, because like I remember the first time I would put a thousand dollars on a two thousand dollars into a trade, and you can be in and out of a trade sometimes in two minutes. And my hands were shaking, my heart was beating, I was like nervous, I was scared, I was terrified, I was freaking out. And now if I do it, it's it's not that same feeling because I've done it so many times, I just don't care anymore. And and that's when the biggest losses come because you forget that there's thousands of dollars on the line.